From the food we eat, the air we breathe, the land we dwell, to the health of our body and mind and the well-being of all things in the universe. Unlock the science with Chula Radio Plus. Welcome to Unlock the Science. I'm Virada Salim. Can we foresee our future in a scientific way? And what could be our future? The future could be the future that may happen, or that is commonly known as possible futures, or the future that is believed could happen, or plausible futures, or the future that is hoped to happen, or preferred futures. With the still ongoing COVID-19 pandemic that has reached havoc to every corner of the globe, the increasing severe climate incidents that have impacted more and more cities and countries, and rising fluctuation of the global economy, probably the ability to allow us to see our future is now needed more than ever. And we are not talking about seeing the future through fortune tellers, oracles, or soothsayers. Study of the futures is a scientific field of study and has been around for some time now. According to a book with the title "Future Studies" by Associate Professor Dr. Apiwat Ratanawaraha from Department of Urban and Regional Planning, Faculty of Architecture, Chulalongkorn University, study of futures has become more systematically scientific in the 20th century. As a distinguished field of science of its own, which is known as futures studies, both terms are in plural form. Futures is in plural form, as the futures could be in various scenarios, while studies mean there are various methodologies and theories of the studies. The question is how we could study about the futures, as the futures are not here yet. We don't have any information about the futures. However, scholars study histories and the present in trying to understand what may happen in the future. Two principles come into play here: principle of continuity and principle of analogy. Principle of continuity assumes that phenomena and conditions in the past will continue to the future. If factors in the past and present will continue to into the future. It will be easier to understand what may happen in the future. We might think things around us are changing, but actually, many things do not change. Another principle is the principle of analogy, which says phenomena or situations repeat itself. When we see a pattern or similarity of certain situations, we could assume that a similar situation could happen in the future. The principle of continuity and principle of analogy allow scholars to analyze what has happened in the past in trying to understand what may happen in the future. The studies of futures have already been part of many other fields of science, whether it is weather forecast, prediction of economic or population growth, or of an emerging pandemic. The studies of futures have also been seen in military planning and planning of economic and social development. Systematic studies of the futures, which have become the basic of current future studies, had its root in planning of national development, dated back to the preparation of armed forces and other manufacturing industries for wars. So, what has been seen as the futures of Thailand? 
In another book co-written by Associate Professor Dr. Apiwat on the futures of Thailand in 2042 or 20 years from now, the country is seen to be encountering three major challenges, which are climate change, disruptive technology, and inequality. Disruptive technology is technology that could disrupt the way humans work or function, such as artificial intelligence or robotics. However, these three major challenges will not affect only Thailand, but also many other countries in the world. Associate Professor Apiwat, in a recent presentation of the contents of this book, said, "Currently, Thailand is facing with the problems of high risks, low growth, and high inequality." And if the country wants to move to the preferred future of low risk, high growth, and low inequality, it needs to adopt green economy and distributed governance. The term distributed governance does not cover only decentralization of political and economic power, but governance in the society shall also be distributed to various groups of people in allowing them to participate in the process of governance. Up next. Unlock the science editor and producer Sinfa Tansarawut talks to assistant professor Dr. Carl Middleton of Faculty of Political Science, Chulalongkorn University, to gain his views on future studies. Why have studies of the futures become important to us now? Are there any recent or current factors that has driven us to pay more attention to our futures? The first thing I think to state is that the future has always been uncertain. Um, and for people, that that makes it a source of anxiety as well as um, a source of hope and also a possibility of opportunity as well. Um, for myself, at least, I think that you know, the future has become more significant as economic and social modernization mm-hmm. have kind of spread around the world. You know, if if you think about it, when we talk about development, you know, development is very much framed around the promise of a better future. However, that promise may be defined. So, in other words, when we actually think about um, society's relationship with the future, perhaps we could say that society has become more future-looking uh, in terms of the promises of development, even if it's in a relatively uncritical sense. Like we may not be aware that we have become future-orientated, even though we have become. But if if you actually think well in practice. Um, If we look at, for example, economic planning or social planning or resource governance, all of these practices or tools of governance are actually um, practices of thinking about the future. Um, perhaps also there might be some recent trends such as climate change that has made the the seeming future increasingly uncertain and perhaps also quite scary. And this is also then generating. Um, a desire or an expectation that we need to better anticipate and act on these futures. I think perhaps also from a, a more critical perspective, like in in the social sciences, it's also becoming really very clear that the politics of the future acts on the politics of the of the present. Meaning that you know whose futures count, for example, who's who's allowed to imagine futures, who has the authority and influence to make statements about. Desirable and undesirable futures are not just talking about the future, but that really shapes the possibilities of the present as well, including whose voices and opinions are excluded from being heard about what their desirable future might be. And 
that matters in the present because this will have consequences for creating inclusive, just and sustainable societies. What does make it different between scholars who study the futures and tell us some inconclusive and different scenario of the futures? And fortune teller who look into the crystal balls and let us know what could happen to us. This is a really interesting and a very tricky question to answer, I think, um, because whether we're talking about scholars or fortune tellers, both are kind of making claims about the future based on their claim to have expertise and knowledge and particular methods to anticipate different types of futures. I think one thing that we could say is that when we listen to either a scholar or a fortune teller, it reveals the human desire to know what the future may hold. Um, and I think another important thing to then recognize is that both scholars and fortune, uh, fortune tellers build their reputation um, based on their skill to anticipate the future. And if I think about the future, I think it's highly likely that both will likely to continue to exist in the future. Um, I think it's there's quite well-known stories in Thailand and other countries in Southeast Asia of, of turning to fortune tellers to inform policy making. Um, scholars and practitioners of futures that is also inform policy making. Um, I'm not an expert on looking into crystal balls. Um, I think, though, that the methods of scholars and other professionals in future studies are quite different to fortune tellers. Uh, they draw on particular bodies of empirical data, they have predictive models, and various forms of methodologies that are kind of done through participatory workshops, and also scientific peer review. So I think what we could say is that, at least in principles, these practices should be more appealing for the strategic planning of organizations, governments, and society at large. If the study of the future of one country show that the country have the country would have no hope or little hope for its future. Should or would the results of such studies be told to the people of that country? This is a really important question, I think. Um, I mean, the first comment I would say is that the future is as of yet undetermined. You know, this is why we talk of futures in the plural rather than future in the singular. Um, I think the, the discussion on what the future for a country or the future for groups of people within the country might hold actually also reflects the politics of the future that we were discussing earlier. Right? Who has an authority to make a claim of what the future could or should be? Um, you know, so often like there will be political dimensions to this. You know, there are political interests that will reflect particular, either optimistic or pessimistic outcomes for the future that speak to particular groups of people. Uh, and that reflects the authority of those that are, are saying these things. Um, but I think you know, a conventional reading of the futures will you know, lead to con futures under conditions that's normal. Um, but actually this, reveals also structural conditions of injustice. If, if, for example, a realistic assessment of the future reveals little or no hope, you know, that actually reveals something about injustice. Like, why is it that people may hold or feel that they cannot hold hope towards the future? Um, for myself, as a, 
someone who tends to be quite optimistic, I think that actually these are also learning opportunities. When we actually see the politics of the future, rather than taking those predictions of the future as authoritative, then it actually leads to other questions of why is it that we can have little or no hope in the future that are being told to us? And how can we change those structural conditions and create or reimagine other futures? That would be a starting point to me. So I think that you know, those discussions would should take place based on discussions on or based on pronouncements about what the future may hold. That is Unlock the Science editor and producer Sinfa Tansarawood talking to Assistant Professor Dr. Carl Middleton of Faculty of Political Science, Jalalongkorn University. We will take a short break now. You are listening to Unlock the Science on Chula Radio Plus. The issues of understanding and being aware of the futures are now a project of UNESCO or United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization. In 2012, UNESCO initiated a project known as Futures Literacy, which the organization describes as the skill that allows people to better understand the role of the future in what they see and do. Being futures literate empowers the imagination, enhances our ability to prepare, recover, and invent as changes occur. The organization sees this skill as the skill of using the future. The project has created a global future literacy network, which includes 20 shares in future studies and futures literacy. This network, comprising academic and government institutions, as well as business and non-governmental organizations, will share design practices, resources, ongoing work and progress updates in order to advance futures literacy. The project has also created over 100 futures literacy laboratories across the world. In April 2022, UNESCO appointed Chulalongkorn University as UNESCO Chair for Resource Governance and Futures Literacy. The university plans to officially launch its being the chair in October 2022. However, as part of building the momentum for the coming event, Chulalongkorn University held an online meeting on futures literacy from 28th February to 4th March 2022 on the topic of the futures of climate justice and climate action in 2050. This one week of activities, which included a futures literacy laboratory, was co-designed by the social and human sciences sector of UNESCO and Center for Social Development Studies, Jolalongon University. The university will hold this chair initially for three years. On the UNESCO website, it says the objectives of the laboratory at Jolalongon University were to first, rethink knowledge and learning on climate change. Second, explore inclusive approaches to rethink governance systems. And third, empower participants to act on climate change in creative ways. Apart from lectures and panel discussions, students participating in the Futures Literacy Laboratory on Climate Justice were given various scenarios in which they discussed climate action and climate justice in allowing the students to realize the co-dependence of each actor in shaping sustainable futures and the necessity for involvement of non-human perspectives in climate action. This opportunity also allowed the students to share their visions of realistic and preferred futures. 
UNESCO sees futures literacy as an essential competency for the 21st century, and says that futures literacy addresses the urgent need to transform human governance by empowering everyone to use the future more effectively and efficiently. Up next, Alok the Science editor and producer Sinfa Tansarawut talks to Assistant Professor Dr. Carl Middleton of Faculty of Political Science, Jalalongkorn University. In learning more about the role of the university in the UNESCO Futures Literacy Project and the activities of Futures Literacy Laboratory, Dr. Middleton, who is also the director of Center for Social Development Studies at the faculty, plays a key role in helping organizing the Futures Literacy Week in March 2022. Chulalongkorn University has been chosen as the chair for Resource Governance and Futures Literacy. What are the responsibility of holding the the seat of the chair? The starting point of the chair is essentially a recognition that resource governance is at the heart of many sustainable development and social and environmental justice challenges that are faced in Thailand, in the region, and also globally. And so we need to think more about the future and think and act more on the on the futures of resource governance if we want to work towards. A genuinely inclusive and equitable and sustainable society. We have four objectives. I'll just mention them briefly. Uh, the first is to support building futures literacy capacity um, amongst the present generation of researchers, of policymakers, civil society, media, and others. As I'd mentioned earlier, futures literacy is a very key skill. Uh, in order to uh, constructively and creatively engage with with the future. Um, the second is to contribute, maybe in a more academic sense, on understanding resource governance futures, they, especially these plural futures that we've been discussing earlier. My observation is that um, in policy and practice, a lot of the current tools of, of scenario building and, and futures prediction are, compa- are relatively uncritical. They don't really theorize what are we talking about when we talk about the future. And so I, I think we actually do need to deepen our conceptual understanding of the way. What does that do? Like, what does it do when we don't reflect critically enough on the meaning of the future and resource governance? And um, then the third uh, role that we will take will be to undertake research, especially transdisciplinary research that will draw together a wide range of stakeholders to to explore resource governance and futures literacy on a range of topics um, on water. Food, energy, climate change, and its connections with uh, society. And then the last, and I think this is really important, um, we see building partnerships as as vital to the chair itself. Um, so this means partnerships across the university between faculties, but also with other universities in Thailand and beyond, with government agencies, think tanks, civil society, and others. Uh, so we, we'd really like to see the chair as being a hub. For those that are interested in resource governance and futures literacy, the university organized a week of futures literacy in early March 2022. As a key organizer, what do you think are the key results or achievement of this activity, which include future literacy laboratory? The futures literacy week overall was one week event that involved public lectures. 
a book talk, um, panel sessions, and also the Futures Literacy Lab that you mentioned. Um, the the week was organised in the context of, uh, I guess, a, a sense of the challenges of uncert and uncertainties of the world in which we're living. Um, those include the COVID pandemic that uh, Thailand and the world has been experiencing now for over two years, as well as other um, trends that are occurring like climate change. And so the, the conference had a, a set of questions that it planned to address. Um, it included how have the experience of these recent trends or experiences like COVID-19 shaped our visions and practices uh, towards achieving sustainability, justice and dignity in Asia. And it also was asking, well, what should be the role of knowledge actors such as universities um, in catalyzing and supporting societal transformation, including how can we learn together and exchange knowledge towards achieving a more sustainable, just and, uh, and more dignity in, in Asia. Um, in terms of the outcomes, I think one important outcome was just to, to highlight the importance of futures literacy as a skill and as a capacity, um, as being an important um, skill to hold for the upcoming century. Um, it's, I think it's still an un underappreciated skill. So this is relevant for policymakers and planners, for civil society, for students and youth who are the next generation. So the Futures Literacy Lab focused on the topic climate change, climate action, and climate justice. And it was co-designed by UNESCO, colleagues at Chulalongkorn University, and a group of around 10 students from uh, Chulalongkorn University and other universities in Thailand. So that the whole process of creating the lab itself was a process of co-design. And then in the lab itself, we had around 25 student participants who explored these questions around climate change, climate action, and climate justice. First, by grasping what are the current ways of thinking about the future, and then going through the process of the lab laboratory, which essentially has techniques that disrupts our assumptions about how we think about those futures. It, it essentially comes up with highly improbable future scenarios and asks us to seriously reflect on them, to then think through what that might mean for climate change, climate action, and climate justice. And so in the, in the laboratory that we organized, a part of that reframing was what if rocks and trees had a more central position in society and you know that led to questions about what are people's uh, humans responsibilities and relationships with the non-human and more than human world and that ultimately led to a recognition that climate change and climate action requires to be inclusive of all life and non-life planet it's not just a human Problem. I'm aware that uh, currently there is no course on future studies for either undergraduate or postgraduate students in Thailand. Do you think this subject would be incorporated into university education in Thailand in the near future? I could imagine that there would be a demand amongst students to want to study future studies and futures literacy as a kind of professional skill. Um, so I, I'm sure it's only a question of time before um, universities in Thailand do start opening these types of program. Um, 
but I would maybe mention that many of the um, programs that are already in place connect to future studies in one way or another. Um, for example, the Faculty of Architecture um, uses the tools of future studies in order to anticipate the future directions of society and, and what that might mean for regional planning or urban planning. Um, in development studies, in our program in the Faculty of Political Science, we also often think about uh, the future and critically think about the future and future trends. So we kind of introduce some aspects of future studies into our programs. But probably my kind of concluding remark on this would be that we shouldn't just think about future studies and futures literacy as being a field of study for experts, but rather we should see it as an essential skill for all university students. So rather than seeing it as an individual program, we should say, well, how can it be integrated into um, all different types of disciplines in university programs in Thailand? And not even for university students, I think this is a skill that everybody would benefit from. So rather, and this is also why we're thinking about the massive online course, like how can we reach a wider public to talk about futures literacy um, as a skill, uh, not just university students alone. We try to understand the future, not only for the benefit of present generations, but also the future generations. This is because what we are doing now will affect those who will be born in the future. Therefore, we shall try our best to prepare a good future for them. Knowing and understanding the futures is not a far-fetched attempt. Actually, we all shall learn to acquire the skills. Dr. Cal Mitterton said in the interview that being futures literate shall be the skills not only for scholars, experts, or university students, but the general public shall also be able to understand the futures and shall have a say in what they want to see as their preferred futures. Unlock the Science would like to thank Assistant Professor Dr. Carl Middleton, Director of Center for Social Development Studies at Faculty of Political Science, Jolangon University, for sharing his thoughts on future studies and the Futures Literacy Project at the university. Since today's episode is the last episode of the second season of Unlock the Science, the show's editor and producer, Sinfa Tansarawud, we have some final words with our listeners. Hello, I'm Sinfa Tansarawud, the editor and producer of Unlock the Science. Since today's episode is the last episode of our second season and the last show of Unlock the Science, I would like to take this opportunity to thank all the people helping to make this show possible. First of all, I would like to thank Chulalongkorn University Communication Center, or CCC, for their support, and Chulalongkorn Plus for helping initiating and facilitating the production of this show, and for all the technical and administrative support of the staff of the radio station. Then, our small but capable team of reporters, Prat Luchivanarom, Ha Wang Mang, and Vilada Salim, the show host and also reporter. Kantalat Lerdlit and Patanan Arun Pichawat also contribute a couple of episodes to this show. I myself did reporting in several episodes as well. This is the last and final episode of Unlock the Science after having broadcast 60 episodes in two seasons. Beginning in September 2022, until further notice by Jula Ledo Plus, 
the station will relaunch our show from the second season. Finally, I would like to thank our listeners and audiences in our platform, either listening live every Saturday from 1 p.m. to 1.30 p.m. on FM 101.5 or listening through our website curadio.jula.ac.th and our Facebook page Unlock the Science. Every and all the 60 episodes of our show can be accessed through podcast platform of Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. Thank you for your support in the two seasons of Unlock the Science. Unlock the Science is edited and produced by Sinfa Tunsorawood. <laughs>